Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning on this sunny uh, morning here in my studios in Fort Collins. I'm looking out the window. It it looks gorgeous out. <clears throat> I think it's going to be in the low 60s today. We're still going to have some wind. You know, by the way, speaking of that wind, we just have had a tremendous amount of wind so far this year. And it looks like it's going to be a windy week ahead. A couple things. Please be careful of the fire danger. We've got several fires burning in Colorado. And with the lack of moisture we've had on the front range, uh, it's, it's a tinderbox out there with that wind. So be really careful. We have had some snow in the mountains. We'll get around to that as we talk more about taking you around the state, updating you on fishing conditions. But last week, Chad Lachance and I talked about fishing in the wind and how to adjust and how to be successful. Uh, I took and put the uh, link to that podcast on my Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. So you might want to go listen to that. It'll help you out a lot this time of the year just because of how you can deal with that wind. And it also dispels some myths. There's some myths about fishing in the wind that people don't quite understand. Uh, It gets put out there that's not right. So it's a great piece. It's on Terry Wishram Outdoors on Facebook with Fishful Thinker Chad Lachance. So go take a look at that. We've got ice receding. We've got boat ramps opening. In fact, let's go to the phones. And joining us from one of the premier cold water fisheries in Colorado, Blue Mesa Reservoir, is Andy Cochran with GSO Fishing. Good morning, Andy. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing good. As I check around the state, some places like North Park, last I looked, still had quite a bit of ice. I have an, uh, Nate will update us later on 11 Mile and Spinney, and, and we're going to go around the state. But things are changing pretty quickly. Uh, I understand Blue Mesa actually opened the boat ramps yesterday. Is that true? Yeah, kind of doing a report this morning out on the lake this morning. We've been fishing out here for about an hour and a half trying to catch some lake trout. So... Uh, boat ramps opened yesterday, uh, 7 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. is the the time of day when the we're going to have the boat ramps open. Um, that's going to be the case for two weeks, and then they'll go to summer hours, which is 5.30 to 9. So we are okay, off so morning. That is awesome. And the first thing people are going to ask us, Andy, is we all know they pulled a bunch of water out of Blue Mesa to bring down the Lake Powell. Uh, what's the condition? Is the boat ramp easily accessible? And how is the fishability? Can you get? What's the water level? Uh, right now we're sitting about 29% of our volume of water in the lake, so it's pretty low. But uh, Elk Creek Marina has plenty of water on the boat ramp. Um, we've got one lane right now to be able to launch there is a courtesy dock set up there which has enough room on it to tie up like three different boats to it so you got to show up with a little bit of patience because it is the only boat ramp right now and it's just one lane but we're happy to be able to launch and go fishing definitely worth it yeah i mean there's a lot of pent-up demand i think everybody was you know Ice came kind of late to most of the state this year, and people got out there. But then we got to a point where it warmed up and it got cold, and it warmed up and it got cold. 
And I know me personally, I checked out of the ice fishing scene earlier than I normally would have. I was ready for open water. I've been out doing some open water fishing. I think people are just ready to fish the open water, don't you? Yeah, yesterday was, we call it opening day here. There was little, I think 21 or 22 boats on a Friday yesterday. Everybody was super excited to get out here. And like you've been saying, a lot of really bad wind has been going through here. So uh, 10 o'clock yesterday, it was blowing in the 20 miles an hour by 10 a.m. So nobody cares, though. We're happy to be on the water. Um, this morning, there was boat ramp was 13 boats in line this morning at 7 to get launched out here. But today, no wind at all today. Beautiful out here. So conditions are a little tougher for catching, but we are not going to complain because we're out on the water. And just kind of in general, the lake trout fishing out here right now has been absolutely spectacular in that wind yesterday that we had with all the boats out there was uh, I think we heard of six or seven guys that caught lake trout 15 pounds or over um, we landed three yesterday and hooked one that was over 20 and lost it about 10 minutes into it but we were right in the middle of the peak peak season for lake trout um, everybody we got about four or five weeks where that's really going to be the best time of the year to get down here and catch these trophy lake trout. And, the, and from what we have seen through the ice season, the fishery here this year for lake trout is really, really getting better and better every year. So we're really excited about this season. You told me, you and I talked earlier, and you said there's an abundance, a number of fish over 10, 15 pounds. Is that true? Yeah, it was, we'd say with the ice fishing season, it's, the numbers of lake trout over 10 pounds that were caught this winter out here was more than we've seen in probably a decade. So there could be some, because the water level's a little lower and a lot of guys are really getting more technical with how to fish for them and just learning better techniques to catch fish. But bottom line is the fish are really healthy. They're getting bigger. And like I say, if you can get down here, this is really... This is the place to be right now for catching really trophy lake trout. All right. Now, I want to get to a couple other things real quick because, as I told you earlier, when we talked, we have to do a short segment because we have a longer segment coming up after this. Let's talk about some of the other fish. I would think with the ice just going off, the the shoreline fishing, either from a boat or shore, for rainbows should be fantastic, I would think, right now. You're right. Right before the ice started to break up, there was guys starting to catch rainbows that were moving in shallow to spawn. And now that those, now that the ice is gone, you can really get into some spawning rainbows right around the bank in real shallow water. Um, that's probably going to last here for another week or week and a half. Um, and then as soon as the rainbow spawn kind of tapers off we're going to go right just catching brown trout it does take a little bit a couple weeks for the water to warm up just a little bit gets the crawfish out they start going up in the rocks getting into the warmer water and it pulls all these big brown trout really really shallow so kind of look at the month of may really for brown trout fishing but if you're fishing from the bank right now there's definitely a really good 
opportunity to catch a lot of really healthy rainbows during the spawn right now. You know, when it's cold like this, do you catch a few Lakers off that shore, too, that are in there chasing those rainbows? Absolutely. That's one of their favorite fish to eat on this lake. Um, again, it takes a little more warm water to get some of the sucker fish up shallow. So these, rain, these lake trout will actually move up shallow and start chasing around these spawning rainbows. It's it's not a big deal for a 30-pound lake trout to eat a 16-inch rainbow. If they've got piles of them around the shoreline, they're going to eat them. So we can really catch lake trout right now anywhere from 5 to 25 feet of water is really where we're covering right now. Last thing, uh, what about the kokanee? I know they tend to be bunched up this time of the year. Are people having any luck or is it too early to tell? There was a couple guys out yesterday looking for them. Um, we know one guy got into a pretty good school of kokanee kind of middle of the morning before the wind got too bad and actually caught quite a few. They, they're really healthy coming out of winter. Um, most of these four-year-old salmon are 15, 16 inches right now, and they are, they are definitely grouped up in really big schools. And that'll, You might have to cover a lot of water to find them, but once you do, there's going to be several hundred fish in these schools, and you can get your limit pretty quick. Andy, we are out of time, but if people want to book a trip with you or they want more information, how do they get a hold of you? Sure, check us out at gsofishing.com and then all our social media platforms at gsofishing. We try to do a a lake report every week just to give everybody an idea of what's going on. And if you want to keep track of that stuff, go ahead and message us or give us a call. We're glad to help. All right, my friend, as always, great talking to you. You and I have to get on the water together. You are always welcome. And as we're fishing this morning, I'll send you some pictures because we're right in the middle of the, the big flat right now, and there's a bunch of lake trout moving in, so we're going to catch them today, it looks like. All right, so you're going to tease me with those pictures. I look forward to it. Thanks, Andy. You bet. Thank you. You bet. Andy Cochran from GSO Fishing. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back, we're going to talk more fishing, but we're going to talk from Parks and Wildlife side and some things they're doing to enhance your fishing right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, presented in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. They have locations up and down the front range. If you're an outdoor enthusiast, check them out. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from Colorado Parks and Wildlife is Josh Nearing. Good morning, Josh. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm looking out the window, and it's hard not to be outside right now. The wind isn't blowing at my place right at this minute, and the sun is shining. It This looks, uh, looks incredible out there. I hope you're enjoying the same kind of a view from wherever you are. Well, exactly. Yeah, hoping that wind will lay down a little bit, but uh, looks like we'll have a nice weekend ahead. It does, and in fact, we've been talking about that wind a little bit, and we're going to talk more later in the show. Um, Josh, you've been with Parks and Wildlife for some time. You're a biologist. You used to be down in the southeast area, I believe. Is that right? That's yeah. correct. Yep. And now you you've taken a new position. Congratulations! In fact, it's not only new to you, but I think it's new to Parks and Wildlife. Is that right? That's right, yeah. I was recently took a position as the assistant aquatic section manager uh, for Parks and Wildlife. It's a position that the uh, CPW has not had in the past, but most states do have. Um, 
uh, an assistant aquatic section manager or assistant fish chief, as, as some call it. Now, what was the reasoning for creating the position and kind of tell us what your mission or your duties are? Yeah, um, so I have obviously a number of duties um, that I I take up, but kind of two main uh, areas that I wanted to mention to folks was um, one of my duties is really trying to focus on our angler outreach and communication more from on a statewide scale. So a lot of our biologists and stuff, um, certainly commu- communicate with the, the local angling public, but want to um, look at the communication overall. And so I'll be kind of heading up um, some of our angler surveys, the mail surveys that we put out every couple of years, um, looking at pu- uh, statewide public meetings and really trying to focus just on how we can better communicate with the anglers. And as we know, we want that to be a two-way street. We'd like to communicate information, but also receive uh, information from from our angling public as well. So um, that, and then also um, sport sport fish management on a statewide scale. And so you say, you know, what is sport fish management? Um, you know, looking at statewide regulation changes. If we had a change, proposed change in say bag and possession for a certain species or uh, things of that nature. Um, also looking at our, uh, working with our hatchery managers. So we have 19 hatcheries, 18 sport fish hatcheries, and, uh, they have a limited number of fish that they can produce. And so we want to use those in the best possible manner across the whole state. So working with our biologists to kind of, uh, focus in on how we can use those fish, you know, in the best possible way. Um, also, um, want to, look at what species anglers really want to catch. What are they, you know, what are they, what do they desire? And so we're, we're looking at that as well as, um, maybe some long, long, uh, some large scale habitat improvement projects. So can we get together a lot of materials and maybe do some, some larger scale habitat improvement projects? So those are kind of some of the things that I'll be taking up. Well, you don't have to sleep four hours every night. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I was looking at, uh, you sent me one of the more recent surveys. I want to touch on a couple of the points you made. And one of the things I noticed was that um, if you went back 20, 25 years ago, bass were way down the list as far as popularity in Colorado. Mm-hmm. But they really right. come up the ranks. Now, the survey bunched together largemouth and smallmouth. And the one I looked at 20, 25 years ago didn't do that. But um, really has gained popularity. A lot of the warm water species are really a lot more popular in Colorado than people think. So that's kind of interesting. Does that, will that affect the use of the where you put the fish in the hatcheries and things like that? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it, it definitely has gained popularity for sure. And, you know, we, we do see that within parks and wildlife. And that's kind of what I was getting at, too, with some of the habitat improvement. Um, you know, can we do some more warm water habitat improvement projects? But uh, we work hard with our partners, our other state partners out of state, and, you know, bring in fish like wiper and catfish and um, some other species into our state. And, and yeah, we want to utilize those as best we can. But we, we do realize that uh, the warm water fish are definitely gaining a lot of momentum in the angling community. So Another thing you talked about was communications. And that's something, of course, near and dear to my heart. You and I talked earlier, and it was kind of, you had some interesting feedback on that. 
that, you know, we t- how do people like to get their information from Parks and Wildlife? Of course, I personally think they all want to get it from Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on the radio. <laughs> but there, you won't believe this, but there's some people that don't listen to the whole show and don't even listen every week. So I guess we have to have other means. But in all seriousness, um, you found out that something interesting that people actually, of all the different ways, actually preferred getting email bulletins. Is that right? That's true. That was that was an interesting change in this most recent survey of 2020. Um, you know, we we try to have you know public meetings where people can come ask questions and learn more about our management. Um, you know, utilize our web page and our social media. Um, but the overwhelming response from our anglers was they'd like to um, get you know emails or information via email, um, and so they can sign up for our e-news um, on our website and get, you know, updates. They can select topics, um, fishing, hunting, um, you know, a number of things, another number of different topics and get, you know, updates that way. So we're looking to kind of improve those, that method of communication, but not forgetting about all the other ways. We, we try to get information out and receive uh, information from the anglers as well. Well, in fact, you're going to be scheduling regular people from within the aquatic section to come on the radio, you're putting a schedule together. Tell, give people a real brief outline what your goal is there. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I headed up kind of an effort to, with our aquatic section um, to get different topics on, like you mentioned. Every other month we'll be covering uh, different topics pertinent to that season, if you will. Um, in February, you know, we're going to have some discussions from our aquatic animal health lab and fish research. In April, really looking towards the spring spring fishing season so what's what are some good places to go um fishing for the upcoming season um june we're looking at uh you know people are interested in getting up in the high mountain lakes and doing uh high mountain lake fishing but we're also faced with kind of warmer temperatures and so we're looking at um you know putting information about seasonal closures on some of our streams that might be getting too hot um, in August, we're going to have some hatchery topics, so some different things going on and, and pertinent topics uh, from our hatchery section. And October will be, you know, some of the fall spawning runs. So what what good fishing opportunities are in the fall with some of the spawning runs, as well as you know some topics from our our wild spawning efforts where we collect eggs and and fall fishing surveys, and then. Uh, towards December, of course, we're looking towards ice fishing. So what are the opportunities there and the techniques and, and kind of safety out on the ice? So we're looking forward to having sort of some consistent topics. And then, you know, we'll we'll jump on your show other times when, when we have other uh, neat things to talk about as well. We're really looking forward to that, Josh. I think it's going to be awesome. Before we move on, I want to talk about your work with regulations. Um, maybe we could take a minute and just explain the aquatic section. You're part of the aquatic section, but what does that include? Does that include field biologists, management? Kind of a, give a quick overview of that. Sure, yeah, I appreciate the question because uh, sometimes it is confusing all the different departments, but within, um, within the aquatic section, uh, we have our hatchery section, of course, that produces uh, both native fish for recovery efforts as well as you know warm and cold water sport fish. Um, we have a what we call a aquatic biologist section or division of, of aquatics, and so they survey you know the, our fisheries out there, um, set nets, and collect information and data on our on our fisheries to make sure they're healthy and, and the anglers are catching what they what they need like to catch. Um, they biologists work on spawning efforts, collecting eggs from the wild to bring those to our hatchery, some water quality work. 
um, habitat improvement and they set, you know, stocking rates uh, for those lakes as well as look at regulations on their waters that they manage. Um, we also have our aquatic nuisance species section or ANS section and they operate our boat ramps. So they make sure, you know, that um, the boats that are launching are free of uh, ANS such as zebra and quagga mussels as, mu- as well as other um, aquatic nuisance species. And then we, one other one that most people may not be aware of is that we have our aquatic animal health lab out in brush and they collect samples um, both from our hatchery fish and from wild fish to make sure that we have, you know, healthy fish in our waters that, that um, anglers catching healthy fish. And then they also look at um, if we wanted to move some fish um, from one lake to another, if we had an imbalance in the population, we could move fish, but we need to test those fish before we start moving those around. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a brief overview, overview, but lots going on. And we have such a uh, blessed to be, uh, have such a talented staff and knowledgeable staff within the aquatic section. Well, what I'm really excited about is I have a new person to blame when I don't catch fish now. You'll be getting, <laughs> right. I have your, I have your direct phone number. So you'll be, it, can't, it certainly can't be a lack of skill on my part. So it has to be <laughs> overall great. management in the state. So you'll be hearing That's from great. me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, you, know, I, you never hear that, do you? Right? <laughs> no, no. Hey, one, one last thing. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. There's been a change. We used to do a five-year plan. And kind of that would be the, the 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 outline for the fishing regulations for the next five years, and then they would tweak that. But you're telling me that process has changed now. Tell me about that. Yeah. So in the past, we have had kind of a five-year regulation change where we would look at our aquatics regulations every five years, and then we could address you know urgent things in between then. Um, but we've sort of switched that up now and looking at uh, taking up any issue that may be coming up or any concern with our regulations on an annual basis. So we do, we'll hold uh, angler roundtables and get information out to the public about uh, different regulation change on, uh, on an annual basis. So have you got any new regulations you're looking at in the works? Yeah, I uh, appreciate that question as well. We we have one statewide regulation change. Um, there are a few um, other regulation changes on local waters, but the one I wanted to talk about specifically, um, you know, to be honest, in our regulations, it hasn't been really clear if uh, you were allowed to collect trout or salmon eggs and cure, you know, collect those from the wild and cure those and use them as bait. Um, hasn't been particularly clear. And so one issue, one topic that we're taking up is should we, should we clarify that one of two ways, either allow um, the harvest of, so fish that you actually collect and the part of your bag and possession limit, um, should we allow the use of, of those eggs that can take those eggs, cure them, and then use them as bait? Or should we clarify it and, and not allow the use of, um, of those eggs? And so we got to, um, you know, we, we don't want, we're concerned if people were just stripping the eggs, so they catch a fish and stripping the eggs and taking the eggs and releasing those because those could be viable fish in the future. But if they were harvesting them, um, there would be, you know, less of an impact on those fisheries. And so, yeah, looking at, looking at the possibility of um, at least clarifying those regulations. And um, so we're taking input, you know, from the angling public at our community meetings um, and uh, information on whether how we should 
look at that regulation change, I guess. We got about a minute left. Last question. We talked about communication. You talked about the meetings to go over like new regulations. If I'm an average angler and I think there's an issue or I want to communicate something I think should be changed, but maybe I don't have, can't get to the meetings. Is there a way for, to get information to you? Is there a place on the website or a way to contact the, the aquatic section? There is, yeah. On the um, on our website, if you go to contact us, there's a, a form on there where you can submit questions. Um, if you have a question about a particular fishery or regulations, um, that'd probably be one of the best methods. Um, certainly public meetings, and um, we may even have some virtual options on some of those meetings to be able to attend virtually too. So uh, keep an eye out for those, and um, we certainly want to hear from our public um, angling public for sure josh we got to run congratulations on the new position i expect my angling success to probably double this year because of you so really excited (laughs) well thank you terry thanks thanks for having me on the show i appreciate the time and everything you do for parks and wildlife but in all seriousness thank you and i appreciate parks and wildlife creating this position in all seriousness hopefully it will improve the angling experience for everybody in colorado thanks josh Thank you, Terry. You bet. Josh Newing, Parks and Wildlife. We're going to take a quick time out. We come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about Parks and Wildlife. We're going to take you to one of the parks and then tell you about a special event that's coming up. All that and more on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Hines. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. But I'll tell you what, if you're an outdoor enthusiast, you need to get into a Jack store and just check them out. You will be so surprised if you've never been in one. Let's go to the phones. And joining us, one of our favorite people from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. She brightens our day just like the sunshine does, Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. How are you, Terry? How are you? I'm doing I'm great. Now, I- I know it's uh, there's a, a a big thing going on this year with the 125th anniversary of Parks and Wildlife. We'll get to that in a minute, but people are looking at the sun shining. They got their rods in their hands. They want to get out there. What's going on at Bar Lake? Is the ramp open? What's the water level? Yeah, so our water level is um, we're about a foot below full, and our boat ramp open on April 1st. So you can come out and fish from shore or even a boat. And how is the fish? I think I imagine the fishing is just starting to take off there. I would think, right? Yeah, you know the water's a little cold. It's been a little windy the last a week and a half or so. So um, today a there's windy, wind, huh? So, yeah, a little windy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's a great fishery. What species can people catch up our lake? So you can get walleye, wiper, perch, tiger muskie, trout. And it's just a great fishery, and because you have a 10 horsepower less limit, you end up not having to fight the big wakes of all the big boats. You can put your big boat on there, just have to use your electric or a smaller motor. It can't use your big motor. But it also ends up being a great lake for kayaks and canoes, which is really taking off, doesn't it? It is, and you can bring your paddleboard out. So it's just a great um, place to come um, to put your boat out. And what other things do you have before we get to all the events for the 125th anniversary? I heard you're doing some improvements to your archery area. 
Yeah, so we have a um, where you can stand up on a stand to shoot, and we're also getting a new um, vault bathroom down there. We're grading the road. We have some new 3D targets out. So our archery range is just a great time to come, and it's free. Just your parts pass to get in. Yeah, and you have both a, a, a standing range and a 3D range, and I think the standing ranges are great to work on your basic techniques, but nothing beats the 3D range for understanding, you know, the taking a shot from an awkward position or how did that arrow enter the animal, even though you, if you hit a target straight on, you hit an animal from an angle, it's not the same. So I'm a big believer in that, but let's get to this 120 125th anniversary. Is that going, are all the parks celebrating that? I would think. Yeah, so it's a celebration all over the state. So we really want to celebrate all our success stories, our conservation, our recreation, and it's going to be happening um, in state parks, wildlife areas. We really just want to celebrate with all the residents of Colorado. And so are there activities at all the different parks and do you have to check each park, or is there some kind of a master list? How do I know what's going on? Just go to the parks and look? Yeah. So just go to our website. Go to individual parks. You can um, find information about all of our celebrations. And also, we have a, a list of 125 things that you should do in the outdoors. And that will be on our website as well. So just check out our website. Individual Facebook pages, pages will be posting it. Um, we just really want to celebrate all that Colorado Parks and Wildlife is about. Let's talk about some of the things going on at Bar Lake. Now, I assume you're, you celebrate Easter out there. You have an Easter egg hunt going on this weekend? We do. We um, have one that starts at 10 o'clock, and we stuffed 2,000 eggs. So we're really super excited um, about our Easter egg hunt. And then next Saturday, we'll celebrate our kite festival and also Earth Day. So we have a couple um, volunteer projects working with Pheasants Forever. Um, so just a great time. Spring is a great time to get out and enjoy the outdoors. Now, the, the, it starts at 10 o'clock today? It does, yes. Yeah. So in about so 20 people minutes. Will have to hur they'll have to hurry to get out there, huh? Yeah, or else you'll miss the Easter Bunny. <laughs> you'll miss the Easter Bunny. Is Easter Bunny in the 3-day range? I shouldn't say that. That would be awful. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, ex explain a little bit. You have a, about your Earth Day and the Pheasants Forever thing with the habitat. What's going on there? So we, they've helped us with many projects here at, at Bar Lake. And what's really great about Pheasants Forever is they're a, a conservation organization, but they also help us with habitat. So we have a pollinator garden that's right by our nature center that they helped us. They're helping us with a millet um, plot behind the um, our dam area to help with the pheasant and dove population. So you can sign up to help us with all these projects, and we'll start one on um, Earth Day next week. And, you know, those habitat projects uh upland game and doves the best way to improve the, the the population is through habitat and you actually allow some hunting right just on the park or just off the park uh for both doves and uh, pheasants don't you we do so we do have 14 blinds for waterfowl and we hunt on wednesday and saturdays during the season and then we hunt the month of september for doves on sunday and mondays so it's not every day but it gives people the opportunity not to go too far from home and come out and try it. Now, I also understand you have a fishing clinic coming up. We do. On May 7th, um, we have a fishing clinic where we actually put a net out into right by the shoreline by the boat ramp. 
and we put a hundred trout in there and we have different um, times people can sign up through our website to bring the kids out to go fishing and every kid the first hundred kids that sign up get a free fishing pole Wow, that's awesome. That is so great getting these young kids. And because you have those captive fish, there's a pretty good chance they'll catch a fish. So that really, really, really is great. A couple other things going on. First of all, with all the stuff going on, projects, fundraisers, 125th anniversary, I understand you have some unique, some unique uh, partners in this. And one was called CPW on Tap. Tell me about that. Yeah, so um, our CPW on tap is where, for the 125th anniversary. Are you there? Celebrate what's important about um, being outside. So, for instance, we have Dry Dock here in Aurora. They're going to be doing some volunteer projects with us. And then also donating a percentage of some of their sales on certain days back to Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Now, on all these things, is there quite a bit of information on Bar Lake's website? It's on the main website as well. So you can find information about CPW on tap on that website as well. Now, the last thing, I understand you have a new mascot. We do have a new mascot, and his name is Elbert, and he's a big horn sheep. So look for him to be around the state and say hi to Elbert. And this one's a little more child-friendly, should I say? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Any last comment? You know, and people just need to get out to Bar Lake, even if they just want to have a picnic or walk around. You have a great birding area. Have you got the eagles nesting? Well, you know, unfortunately, our eagles nest fell down in the windstorm last week. So we've seen the nesting pair around, um, but it is a great time of year to see a lot of other migrant um, birds that are coming through. We have our heron and our cormorant rookery, and the whole southern end is a wildlife refuge, which is protected. So spring is just a great time to be out. All right. Michelle, as always, you're just a breath of fresh air with your enthusiasm. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Terry. Have a great day. You too. I tell you what, folks, there's a lot to do at Bar Lake. It's right here in the metro area. Just go out, walk around, see the birds, fish from shore, put a boat out, put a canoe, a kayak out there. Uh, it's just a beautiful place, and it's so close to the metro area. We're going to take a time out. we come back, we're going to talk about women and fly fishing. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're just a tear in my eyes each night I cry myself to sleep You're just a memory of a love I somehow couldn't keep You're an empty bed beside me In the early morning light You're, You're listening to Terry Woodstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. Of course, that bumper music you just heard was... Uh, a cut from our latest album of Wickstrom and Dobrith that you can stream online. Just go to Wickstrom and Dobrith in your favorite streaming service or follow Wickstrom and Dobrith on social media. But let's get back to the outdoors. Joining us from Miss Mayhem is Madison Lauterbach. Good morning, Madison. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, thank you for coming on. Now, you're the editor of Miss Mayhem. Before we get into this women and fly fishing, give people a real quick overview of what Miss Mayhem is. Yeah, so Ms. Mayhem is an online news outlet and grassroots publication based in Denver. Um, we focus on telling stories from the intersection of 
race, class, ability, gender, and sexuality. Um, and we primary, primarily focus on uh, women making waves in their communities and disrupting male-dominated industries. All right. Male-dominated industries. Are you insinuating there are such things, really? No, I'm just kidding, right. Madison. I, I would say no. so. You know, I used to think the outdoors was a male-dominated industry till I end up married to this woman who outfishes me every time we go and makes me look bad. So right. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. But, you know, all kidding aside, um, you really a lot of your stories, a lot of what you do are to help women get into areas that maybe traditionally haven't been as easy. And even though there's been extreme inroads in the outdoors over the last couple decades of companies trying to address women, you, I think you really felt that some of it they were doing and some of it they were saying they were doing and maybe they weren't as successful at getting products and access out there as they said. And fly fishing was one of those. Would that be a uh, fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, despite a lot of the progress we've seen over the last few years, um, especially with women's gear, it is definitely still an issue that women across the spectrum deal with. Um, yeah, we, I mean, uh, throughout this project, we learned that, you know, it's not only full figured women that are having a hard time finding gear. Um, you know, a lot of petite women and even average sized women are also finding, are finding it difficult to find gear. So what you did is you put together like a film festival that's going to kind of help women address these issues, bring them to the forefront and give them ideas and educate them. Would that be a fair statement? Yeah, absolutely. And the event isn't, you know, this project and the event isn't just for women. Um, you know, any gender can come and learn about some of the issues that are going on. And so tell us kind of, tell us about the event and what people will, will see if they sign up or come and, and uh, attend. Yeah, so um, the the event is, uh, you know, an opportunity for us to premiere uh, five videos that we put together as a product of this um, multimedia project that we worked on last summer. Um, the event is called Casting Forward. Uh, it's May 18th from 5.30 to 7.30 at the Bug Theater in Denver. Um, it's a premiere type of event. And we'll feature all five videos, a talkback section uh, with a source from the video uh, or from one of the videos um, and door prizes from Fish Pond, Rep Your Water and several other uh, fly fishing brands. And what types of topics will the, each of the five videos cover? So uh, we initially approached the project through three main lenses. Uh, the gear industry, women's safety on and off the water, and how women were shaping conservation and education efforts. Um, since then, we've added a fourth focus, which is how women of color are fighting for inclusion in the sport. All right. And how long will these videos be, and how long do you expect the event to last on that evening? Each video is an average of 15 minutes. Um, and we are hoping that, uh, you know, it'll be about, uh, like, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. And what's the cost to attend this? So we have virtual and in-person tickets available. Um, the, t uh, virtual tickets are $10, um, 
base tickets for in person with one door prize are twenty, and then we have more of a luxurious ticket, which is thirty dollars for uh, an Odell beverage ticket and uh, two door prize tickets. So when you were putting this together. Which is there any one topic or one thing that jumped out at you that you really said, wow? Yeah. Um, so when we were putting this together, um, I found it really interesting that, you know, there's been a lot of progress for, you know, specifically white women, um, but there's not a whole lot of progress for women of color, um, LGBTQ plus, uh, women with disabilities. Um, you know, a lot of people that are still on the margins of the, of society and the sport. And personally, was there one area personally that you felt was there about the gear or about the safety or about just getting education and having to interact with maybe male instructors for women or women instructors, anything like that that jumped out? Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we, had some trouble, um, you know, finding women that wanted to participate. Um, a lot of, you know, people don't want to rock the boat. Um, but yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of interaction with male instructors, uh, for this project. Um, we really did look mostly at women. Um, and you know, we had a variety of opinions about, um, you know, some of the topics, uh, some sources, you know, had experiences on the river that other experience or that other women didn't. Um, and, you know, we, we really approached this from a journalistic angle, not trying to push an agenda, um, but just trying to see, you know, what, what kind of stories were out there. So, um, you know, we're not trying to push any sort of woke agenda or anything like that. We just wanted to see, you know, what the issues were and, and how women were resolving them. All right. If people want to attend either virtually or in person, it's, it's May 18th at 5.30 to 7.30. And I believe if they go to MissMayhem.com, there's information there. That's spelled M-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you'll see a banner on the bottom of the page and you can just click that and go find tickets. All right. Any last comments before we let you go? I don't believe so. I'm just really excited for this project to finally come to a close and for everyone to see our uh, year of hard work. All right. By the way, well, I will address that later, but maybe there'll be something that after the event's over, you'll You'll make it available virtually and by some other means, but we'll talk to you more about that later. Madison, thank All you right. for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You bet. Madison Lauterbach from Miss Mayhem. I'll tell you what, we're going to change things up and go back to some fishing in a minute here. In fact, our next two guests coming up are going to be Nate Zielinski and then Austin Parr. And we are really going to get into depth of where the bites are in the next few days and how you can get out there and catch some fish. And then we're going to take you out to Colorado Clays and talk about some shooting. All that and so much more coming up uh, on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.